I just came by to stir your soul up a bit. This is the Perfectly Imperfect Podcast with Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's through our journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all perfectly imperfect. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Perfectly Imperfect. I'm Regina. And I am Christine. I can't believe we're on our fifth episode. I know. We're just saying that... It felt like we just started, like we just launched, and then now it's episode five. I know, it's so, so crazy. So I guess that just means that we're having a good time. Yeah. We're having a fantastic time, and it's been so, it's been such a whirlwind, and it's been so heartwarming to read all of your comments on Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook. So please continue to connect with us on all social channels. Links will be in the description below, and send us an email at the perfectly imperfect podcast at gmail.com because we would love to hear some of your own stories and or if you have any suggestions feedback or topics um on what we should talk about next yeah we love love to hear from you guys and i think we try to do our best to answer everybody who messages us on twitter and instagram and facebook and stuff so yeah yeah so what are we talking about today Today, we're going to be talking about how to be selfishly selfless. Ooh, I like that title. Yeah, right? There's like a nice juxtaposition to those two words. So what, know, what, do, you, what do you mean by that exactly? Um, you know, I think that growing up, there are a lot of societal expectations of, you know, like you're supposed to have certain grades and certain careers, have a significant other by certain age, and the list goes on. You know, and there are a lot of things that you like your parents expect from you that, you know, your friends expect from you. Um, and there's a lot of pressure to kind of keep up with those rules. Yeah, yeah. I definitely completely relate to that. So when you picked this topic, I was like, yes, something that addresses being a people pleaser and finding that balance of where and when you can say no without kind of like not disrespecting the people around you and the people that you love and like finding that balance of you know what feels right to you versus what feels right for other people for you if that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah definitely and kind of like learning to take time to yourself or knowing when you like knowing your limitations right right so then I know this is something that you know you've shared with me many times but like when was that kind of first trigger for you that made you realize wait a sec something doesn't feel right like I'm not doing this for myself I've been doing it for my parents or my friends Mm -hmm. yeah I think um in 2014 I was writing down my new year's resolutions and I was this is the kind of a year where I felt like I wanted like a pivotal change and um so as I was writing my new year's resolution I remember writing down finding the balance between selfish and selfless and I was like wow I love that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I just remember kind of, um, you know, I had been, I'm like, at the time I was about halfway through my master's program. I was still working at the YouTube production company. And at that point I'd have been there part-time for about five-ish years, five or six years. And um, I just felt like I wanted to do something for myself. And this was also the, during the time that I was trying to decide like whether or not I wanted to move to New York. And 
at the time, it felt like a very selfish decision. You know, there wasn't really anything that was calling to me in New York. You know, I didn't have a job. I didn't have, you know, family or friends out there. It was just kind of one of the things that I wanted to do for myself. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where I was trying to find the balance of, you know, like, how do I make a decision to move across the country for my own personal growth and like having my own adventures while also still being like a really good friend, um, and a really good daughter for all of the people that I, you know, love in LA. Right. Like, so your parents wanted you to stay here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I grew up as an only child and a girl and with Asian parents, they were just very overprotective and very, um, cautious of kind of like where I was at all times, you know, who my friends were and stuff like that. And that, so I felt like that played like a really big role into, in my childhood. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I yeah. mean, I could definitely see from their perspective too. It's like, what are you going to do out there? And where are you going to live? And you know, what are you going to do for rent? And they're completely worried about just you leaving this bubble that they've securely put around you for the past <laughs> like what 20 it was like what 23 years at that point yeah it was 23 years and I felt like my parents were still living in like 1990s New York <laughs> like the 1990s idea of New York where they're like there are gangsters everywhere and like drug bloodshed oh my yeah. god why would you want to go there <laughs> exactly they're just like oh my gosh like it's gonna be so dangerous like you can't go out past like when when the sun goes down like you're not allowed to go outside anymore like that was kind of their idea of New York when it really isn't and wasn't anymore. So how did you ease them into that? And how, how were you confident enough to be like, no, mom and dad, this is what I want to do, even though they were convincing you not to do it? Um, I definitely think that, you know, I kind of, Re reiterated the fact that, you know, I grew up in a bubble. I kind of grew up in that 626 area my whole life. Being an Asian, um, like, I was the majority and that's something that you really don't find anywhere else in the country. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of wanted to take myself out of that really like comfortable bubble to test myself, to see kind of who I could be outside of, you know, not necessarily like my parents support, but just outside of what I was comfortable with being right. or like who I was comfortable being. But because you could have easily found a media job here in LA where actually it's like the mecca of where um, Hollywood and entertainment is but you chose to go to the other side of the country <laughs> but I mean of course like when you told me that you were moving like we were ecstatic for you mm -hmm. you know that was because yeah. I, I completely know um, at that time you felt that a lot of your friends were going out and yeah. exploring and adventuring and yeah being in your 20s that is the perfect time to do so because you don't have commitments to like, your husband or your kids or mortgage like this is the time to go find the answers and I felt like you were looking for answers yeah um and I think that it was just kind of one of those things where even when I told my friends they were super excited for me, I think, and, and when I told my parents, like, yeah, they were really against it. But I think when I told people, they kind of saw a spark in me that was mm -hmm. like, oh, this is, she's going to do it. Like, <laughs> there's no holding her back now kind it's of happening. thing. Yeah, it's happening. It's happening. <laughs> yeah, you. Were, I felt like you told us and then like a week, two weeks later, you're like, I bought an apartment. I yeah. Like, what? <laughs> okay, you're leaving. Yeah. 
I was uh, selfishly unselfish by letting you go because I didn't want you to go. But then I also knew like you had to spread your wings and fly for yourself. Oh, so sweet. <laughs> was there like a struggle with your parents? Like even just in that dynamic of, did you guys fight about it? I mean, because I know other people in this, either in similar situations or, you know, being a people pleaser, there's always that conflict that they want to avoid. And then when they find themselves in it, they kind of get sucked back into the other side of like, okay, okay, you're right. I'll do, you know, what you're saying. It definitely felt um, a lot of kind of push and pull when I was making this decision. I think, you know, my friends and my parents, like they wanted the best for me, but they were obviously like very cautious of this. Mm -hmm. I think um, even you at the time, you're like, you know, make sure that everything is kind of set in the place, like make sure you're doing this for the right reasons and you're not doing it like out of spite or like out of like trying to run away from, you know, your problems. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I really appreciated that because I felt like it made me really think long and hard about my decision and why I wanted to do this for myself. Right. I feel like intention really is your biggest uh, self-reflection at that point. Because Mm -hmm. I myself have lived my entire life as a people pleaser. So now that I'm in my 30s, I've really just come down, comes down to like, what is my intention? Am I doing this to, to make somebody else happy? Do I really want to do it? If I'm doing it, like... Is it going to make make me feel happy doing it? I'm not saying that every decision you do has to make you happy because there are some difficult ones, right? But then it's like that yeah. intention that you have to live with or else you're mm-hmm. just going around kind of living somebody else's life. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of what I felt, you know, I felt like in high school and middle school, I was always very concerned with like my friends. I was very concerned with my parents and what they wanted for me. You know, when my friend failed a test, I was, you know, they're comforting her. And then when my parents, you know, wanted me to go into the medical field, I was like, yeah, no, that that's a good, that's a good decision or that's a, that's a smart decision to make. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But I felt like that wasn't really me. And so kind of by the end of everything, I just felt like I was spending so much time making sure everyone else was okay and like happy and like invested in their well-being that I kind of got lost in trying to figure myself out. Right, right. And I know I always get that question a lot from um, people that I meet who are in their 20s and post-grad, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we're going to do an episode in the future about post-grad struggles, but yes. it is that question. Because someone, someone sent us a comment that said, oh my gosh, you guys look like you have your life together. We, we no, do not. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> we just talk in a way that it seems like we do. But <laughs> Exactly. Um, yeah, so I think I remember being in that time period of my life and also the you moving out to New York. That was also the time period post-grad that you were like, what is, who am I, <laughs> basically? Yeah. Yeah. Christine, can you tell me a little bit more about like your postgrad, you know, after having gone through, you know, college and everything and like, when did you feel like you were finally making a decision for yourself postgrad? Well, okay, specifically postgrad, like I think, well, to be honest, I went through my rebellious phase in high school so I broke my mm-hmm. parents in early <laughs> <laughs> you wore them out very early seriously on. <laughs> I like I got to a point where I didn't know how to express myself um effectively so all of that anger and angst 
in my teens just came out and like, no, I don't want to do any of this. You know, I hate you guys. And it was it was really bad because I'm an extremely stubborn person and I get that from my parents. So you stick the three of us together and we're just three <laughs> super stubborn people, you know. So um, at that time, I I didn't want to play violin anymore. I didn't want to study. I didn't care about my SATs, which is the U.S.'s, is U.S.'s, am I saying that? Which is the U.S.'s, <laughs> uh, like, a- academic test to get into college, right? And I didn't want to study for it. I didn't want to go to, I didn't want to do anything. So I didn't go to class. I didn't go to class. I failed out of most of my classes. I did drugs. I re- And people don't know this about me, but yeah, that was my bad girl stage where I was just like, I don't care. I'm going to do what I want. And I definitely paid for that, you know? So I made a lot of bad decisions that actually at the end worked out because um, I needed to learn the hard way. Yeah. You felt like you had all this like pent up kind of emotion of like, oh my gosh, this, I'm just doing everything. And you know moving like a puppet through like what everybody else wants from me that I'm not really figuring out what you know I want for myself and I think that especially as someone in high school where you're still growing into who you want to be or who you you, like this idea of who you are it's kind of a struggle Um, yeah no totally like up until that point I just did everything to please my parents you know or try to I never knew why I wanted to study I didn't like violin I ended up hating it and then I didn't want to do it anymore but my parents were like no you can't quit so and even it's like choosing colleges I was just telling Regina where the only reason why I was aiming for UCLA or UC Berkeley was because that was those were the colleges that my cousins got into you know and they were studying to be doctors and lawyers and to me I didn't even know at that point in high school you don't know it's such an unrealistic expectation to at the age of 18 to figure out like to decide what you want to do for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. And to just have that figured out. And so I wasn't even thinking that far ahead, you know? So, um, yeah, so all of that just came to a head in high school where I just, I was like, screw it. And then that's something where I felt like was a lesson to me and maybe to some of you guys out there where, you know, it's good if you're feeling, um, you're feeling trapped or you're feeling like this isn't what I want to do. I don't know why I'm doing this. Like one of the possible outcomes is just completely just like I give zero (laughs) Fs about anything and you throw everything away because you just, you didn't have an outlet. So, um, yeah. So after that, you're talking about um, post-college. Well, just like what was your, your aha moment? Yeah. Well, I think after that, I really understood like everything in my life um, had its consequences. And so every decision that I made, because I was like not living for my parents anymore, I had to face those consequences. I had to take those on. So me not going to class, me taking drugs and all of that ended up with me um, not getting a good score on the SATs. I failed out of uh, that high school. So I had to go to another high school. And and then I had to kind of start back up again. And through that, I learned how to do things for me. I wanted to do well in school because I wanted to prove to myself that I had what it took to move forward. So even the college that I picked, which is Cal State Long Beach, it wasn't a, a university or UC school. I picked it for myself because I really liked the college. And then my parents were really sad and disappointed. I gave my parents so much heartache. I'm so sorry if they're listening. <laughs> but I have a podcast now. 
yeah, yeah. They're like, does yeah. that make up for it <laughs> they're like no what's a podcast and even me picking um my major which is business marketing and hr that was something that you know they weren't expecting either because i just didn't know i didn't want to pick something i didn't want to pick science or math just because that would lead to a more stable future i hated it so i oh my gosh yes yeah I right okay i just oh okay was ugh. like the death of me <laughs> it, it just was so much suffering and pain you know so to be completely dramatic about it so i think that's something to take note of for people out there too where if you really don't like doing something and you don't know why you're doing it don't do it especially when you come into adulthood like it's your life you can pick and choose to spend time and energy on things that make you happy you know Mm -hmm. and figure out a way to like like expand that yeah and i think life is just very precious you know it's very precious we don't have much much of it and so we should be working towards making kind of the best of it and i think one of the ways that i know um helps me kind of reflect like when i'm unhappy or when i feel trapped is kind of taking that time to myself yes like being able to you know um even though all of my friends are going out and you know like i i remember one time my friends were having um a night out in Brooklyn and I am the laziest person on earth. So anyone who tells me to leave the Island of Manhattan, it's, it takes a lot of effort, but I remember they're all going out and it was going to be someone's, it was someone's like birthday and everything. And everyone's like, Oh my God, it's going to be so much fun. Like you should totally come. And I could feel myself being like emotionally drained and exhausted. And I, I texted them, um, you know, being like, look, I I really want to go out with you guys, but I just feel very stressed, you know, about work, about life right now. And I think I just need kind of like this night in, Mm -hmm. and I think it's okay to say no to that. Um, I know that, you know, right now with social media, there's this huge case of FOMO. Like a huge case of FOMO where you see the photos and you're like, oh my gosh, I totally should have gone. Um, But sometimes you do need those nights in to yourself with a glass of wine and just a movie or a good book, you know? Um, So I think that um, we just need to remember to take that time to yourself because that's when you can really reflect, like, why am I so upset? Um, Am I really, you know, is this job or is this major or whatever you're doing at that moment, is this what I really want? Is this what I want for me? And like everyone else's opinion aside, like, is this what I want to do? And this is this what I see myself doing? Totally. And I feel like there's two different parts to being a people pleaser. There's that part where you can start making decisions that affect the rest of your life. You know, but granted, I will say this from experience that there are no wrong decisions. Like everything will turn back to where it's supposed to go. So don't feel like everything is like, a life-changing decision, you know? But there there are certain decisions that you do have to really take note of because if you're doing it for someone else versus yourself, um, like, you're going to start that path where it's... It gets... The further down you go down that path, the harder it is to back out because you're like, I already committed so much time. I already spent so much energy and money doing this. So you talk your way into settling. Um, yeah. And the second part of being a people pleaser that is something that I learned in my 20s is that after all of this, right, after the chaos of, you know, like, I'm living for myself. Yeah, live life to the fullest. Yeah, you know, um, I started to come at a lot of things that I did with the intention to prove myself. And that came from 
all of these past decisions of like, oh, I didn't get into, quote unquote, the good college. I didn't pick the major that like my parents wanted me to pick and blah, blah, blah. So now I must make up for all of that by like proving myself in, in being a, a success in whatever path I move forward in. And then, so I took on so much. Um, I worked two jobs in college and then while doing internships and then post-college taking um, a lot of assistant positions that, you know, like definitely weren't the most glamorous, but it taught me a lot of work ethic. And even at this past YouTube job, it just got to a point where I was saying yes to everything. Like I was that person that people were just like, oh, do you think you do this? Or do you think you handle that? I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And it got to a certain point that I just was so overwhelmed by all the things I had to take care of that I just got completely burnt out. You know, I didn't know how to say no because I felt like by saying no, it either proved um, to everyone else that, well, I don't know. I don't know. Do you have what it takes to stay here? Because, you know, maybe we could hire somebody else that could do all this and handle that. And I also felt like I didn't want to be the bad person. You know, there's that fear of um, rejecting or disappointing or hurting somebody else that you care about. And I think it essentially just comes down to you not wanting to be dis- to be disliked. You don't want to give anyone a reason to be like, ugh, ew, Christine, how dare you? How dare you say no? But then um, it took me a really long time to understand my own boundaries and get to the point of why I was saying yes. And I felt like I really was doing it to get the approval of other people, whether that be my parents or the people I worked for, my employers, my my uh, co-workers, my friends, and then basically just saying in a way that their opinion of me was more important than my opinion of myself. And I think it just kind of started to overlay each other in that, oh, how they thought of me is was how I saw my self-worth and self-value, when really... I've learned that that is definitely not the case. Yeah. And I think that it gets to a point in time where you realize that, you know, you start feeling like other people's opinions matter more than your own. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a slippery slope to kind of go down, you know? Yeah, no, it definitely is. And what I realized what happened to me was that I gave everything to everyone else. And when I turned back, I was completely empty. And at that point, I was useless to everyone because I just couldn't give any more. I had nothing left to give. So, I mean, I'm not going to um, take this, but <laughs> Oprah was the one that said, actually, it was Maya Angelou. She's like, you know, if you don't take care of yourself, if you don't fill yourself up, then you actually are being selfish in that sense, right? Because, like, you, you, there's nothing left in you to give. So in order to take care of other people, you need to first fill yourself up. And that right. seems selfish, but it's not. That, then that's the concept I couldn't wrap my head around. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that airplane metaphor that I <laughs> was mentioning earlier where, you know, um, when they're going through all of the safety instructions and they say, you know, when um, the airplane, when the air pressure starts going down, um, make sure you put your mask on first before helping other people. Oh, wow. You're going to be that type of mom that you're just going to like. I'm going to be that type of person who's going to ignore like, my child. Please help me. Help me. <laughs> 
<laughs> wait for exactly. mommy. Wait for mommy first. <laughs> wait one second. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like in order to kind of be there for other people, you yourself need to be strong and you need to be able to kind of feel well rested and feel like invigorated to be able to support other people yeah, in their passions. Definitely. Or else it's a short term run versus a long term haul. You know, exactly. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it is one of the most unselfish things you can do because when you're unhappy, that energy comes out to everyone around you. And I can speak for an experience. Like once I was exhausted, I just became way more negative. I didn't want to do things. I didn't have the energy. And then people started to just be like, wait, what happened? What happened? You know, because I didn't take the time to take care of myself. And you can feel that negativity and it spreads to totally. other people. Unfortunately, yes. as much, you know, I, I sometimes even going to work, I always have to tell my coworkers or remind my coworkers, I'm a happy person. I promise. It's just, I'm very stressed out right now. Or, you know, this environment is a little, it can, it's, it can cause kind of like a toxic environment where it just, you know, it, it feels like you can't really get out of this rut. And, um, that's why it's important to kind of self-reflect. Yeah, definitely. And I think it was that point that I really noticed. I was like this, I'm becoming a person that I really don't, I don't even like me, Yeah, you know? So that really made me take notice of like, okay, something's off, something's wrong. And that's when I realized I was like, you know, my self-worth isn't defined by others or how much I do for them. Just because I do all that doesn't make me a better friend if my heart's not in it you know like I can pick you up from the airport like you know every other weekend and stuff but then if I don't take the time to take care of myself then I'm gonna find that as more of an inconvenience you know it's like if I can't pick you up from the airport they can ask somebody else so it's not like I have to keep proving my friendship or proving my dedication or loyalty and this is something to note if you have friends that do define your friendship and how you are as a person based off of what you can do for them, then you really, really need to back away from those You need to rethink kind of what their intentions are behind that. Yes. Because everybody has a bad day and good friends will realize when, when they can rely on you, when they can't. Like everybody has their individual lives and it's unfair for them to expect a lot from you when you're going through a hard time or when you um, are feeling weak because then, you know, you need to deal with your own issues before you can go out. Yeah, definitely. So what are some ways that you've learned on how to say no and how to draw boundaries that you can share with people. <laughs> I think that definitely, um, taking that day, uh, I try not to make too many plans on Sundays because I kind of feel like I use that day to, you know, run errands, um, clean up the apartment. Uh, sometimes it's just even for me to just sleep in. I think that mm-hmm. that helps me a lot. And, um, actually recently my coworker, um, recommended that I buy this thing, this planner called the passion planner. Mm-hmm. I think Jen actually, Jen Lay has that as well. Yeah, I have one oh, too. Do, 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 yeah. yeah. And so it yeah. like gives you kind of like a quote of the week and then it breaks it down where you can kind of like be like, all right, Monday, this is what I'm going to do Tuesday. And you can make personal to-do lists. You can make work to-do lists. And it's like a really good way for me to kind of reflect like, okay, this is what I'm doing in the week. I'll set goals for myself of like what I hope to accomplish. And that mm-hmm. really helps keep me in check because, you know, even with something like this podcast, I always told myself that I had passion projects that I wanted to do and wanted to commit to and wanted to start, um, but never committed to it because I was scared or I, you know, didn't have, I, I always blamed it on, oh, I just don't have time right now. 
but you're yeah. never going to have time unless you find the time. Yeah, and, that is so and true. And so that's why I started doing this planner thing where, every, you know, every week I can kind of keep track of my progress. You know, obviously I'm not going to reach all my goals every week, but then that's when I can be like, okay, did I go out too much? Did I not, not go out too much? Or was I just like mm. lazy and procrastinating? And so it's like a really good kind of way for me to evaluate uh, where I am and kind of what, like keeping track of like the status of yeah, everything. Yeah, like also where your time goes, mm-hmm. you know, because if you see that like 90% of your time is dedicated to other people yeah, and then you're feeling exhausted, then you can kind of allocate your time differently and time manage so that you make that more 50-50 and, you know, something that better aligns with your soul. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And I think a good way for me um to say no is this sounds so silly but it really does work where you practice saying no you know like like just like regina said it starts with some hangouts where you don't feel like you want to go out on fridays like don't don't feel like you're obligated to so just tell them that just and then don't apologize don't over like as in don't over apologize like be like oh my god i'm so sorry i'm such a bad friend i can't believe it, blah 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 you know and then don't lie mm-hmm. Because I feel like when you do those things, you cheat yourself out of, like, your truth. Because then you have to, every time you say no, you are cutting yourself down to be, putting yourself down as in, like, oh, my God, I'm, like, I suck. I suck. You don't suck. This is actually good for you, you know? Mm -hmm. And always remember that, you know, your true friends will always understand. If you ever tell them, Mm -hmm. like, hey, I just, I just need a night to you know, recap, regroup and kind of re, uh, reinvigorate myself. Like that's totally fine. And they're going to understand. It doesn't mean that you don't, you care any less about them. It just means that, you know, Mm -hmm. you need to do you for a little bit and then you guys, so that you guys can do to get, do we, us (laughs) together (laughs) at a later time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, Hey, I got what you're saying. Yeah. She gets me. Yeah. (laughs) And I think for me, um, I felt that once I really understood the concept of tomorrow is not guaranteed, it really made me look and approach my life in a very different way. You know, so I did find the balance of like, I'm not, I remember I used to say this at Wang Fu and Phil would be like, don't say this on lunch break, you know, but I, like to me, it was like, I, if you don't want to go to class in your college and you want to skip out on one class, do it. Like I, I did that where I'm like, I'm just going to go to the beach today because today's a nice day. I mean, there was a balance because I already knew the like the implications of like missing too much class, right? So there's a balance, but then enjoy your life. Yeah. You know, make decisions on like that. This life is so precious and it's made for you. And what if today was your only day? And tomorrow was your last day. What what would you do today? You know? And I often I often use that to convince my friends to ditch class with me. So. <laughs> I mean, I I'm pretty guilty of taking a, a couple of days to, you know, do some Disneyland days uh when I should have yeah, been in class. Yeah. But you know, you gotta live it up a little. It's all about balance. It's balance between it is about, you yeah. know, um actually attending classes and doing well and being a good student, but every once in a yeah. while kinda taking a cheat day for yourself. And even you yeah. know, even now at work, sometimes when I get um 
really kind of overwhelmed with everything, I'll take like a sick day, like a mental health day to kind of just sit at a coffee shop and read or yeah, just relax a little bit just because life gets really hectic and sometimes you just need to take a little step back. And that doesn't mean that you're falling behind. It just means that you're taking a little, you know, like a little nap, a little snooze, and then you get right back into it. Oh, I love naps. Naps are amazing. Well, I think naps is a good place to... <laughs> naps, is, <laughs> naps is a great way to wrap up. <laughs> nap, a nap sounds amazing. I know. So, um, yeah, I want to thank you guys for joining us for another episode of Perfectly Imperfect. I almost was like, what was the name of our <laughs> podcast? <laughs> but, yeah, see, it's these conversations that I'm always like, ah, oh, like, I'm so glad we're doing this because like when you say stuff and I say stuff I'm just like yes I totally get it and I hope that some of you guys out there also feel the same way and can maybe like what we're saying can help you guys release some stress or live a health like healthier and happier life that's our biggest biggest joy yes and your love and support means the world to us as we're still trying to navigate through all of this chaos um so please remember to subscribe to us on itunes google play or whichever app you use to catch our rss feed and don't forget to follow us on all social media channels links will be in the description below for our instagram twitter and the perfectly imperfect podcast facebook link and don't forget to email us at the perfectly imperfect podcast at gmail.com can't wait to see you guys next week see yeah i guess we'll see them we'll we'll, you'll listen to us you'll listen to us next week (laughs) (laughs) and then we can talk to you through all the different social media channels see see how this works yes all right all right all right bye Bye. guys